Hello, everybody. My name is Eric. My name is Nick. And they lost another one this week. Bengals dropped <laughs> a rough one. A rough one. Um, well, let's not waste any time. Nick, what was the main cause of the loss this week? Was it execution or was it coaching? <laughs> Personally, I think it was a failure all around. Um, we all struggled around in pretty much every area except for some some on the defense. Yeah, I think uh, – well, my answer to the question is I think it's execution. I thought the coaching was fine. I mean, it's like you look at it – okay, let's talk about the defense. That's kind of where a lot of this is going to get into because you can't really blame the offense. They, they lost two possessions because of special teams. Um, so the six points they scored through three quarters is a little slanted there. But um, defense, I think if you look at it, is an overall picture. Uh, they, I don't think they play too, too bad, uh, all things considered, because you, you look at it like, um, you know, I think they were held them to like 4-13 on third down. They got stops and uh, when they needed them, and they, they put the offense in position to tie it up in the end of regulation. So in that respect, you know, overall, I think they did good. The problem was um, – you know, I think as you look at it as like a sequential game, as things go along, there were decisions that were made that weren't beneficial to winning the game. Well, that's where I think some of the coaching coaching comes into play because I thought the players played well on defense, and I, I think some of the, the decisions by the coaches, some of the plays, especially in overtime, were just not smart. The overtime – well, let's talk about overtime because I think that's the biggest thing. So they tie it up. They go in the overtime. They get the ball. Great. They win the coin toss. Again, that's another coin toss one. Uh, so they take the ball. I think the first first or second play is a big yardage gain by Higgins across midfield, and then yep. they get into field goal range with a um, play by Uzama. And now here's there's another. So it's first down. I want to say like maybe first and twenty, something like that. I forget exactly. Yeah, it was something like that. Something like that. Uh, they do two consecutive run plays, and then he gets sacked. And they but they make the field goal. So I think you know if you look at it in a in, in, in like a snow globe. I don't know why I said snow globe. <laughs> um, you know, you look at it that way. It's like, okay, uh, they got in position to, you know, w- effectively win the game. Like Joe Burrow did everything he was supposed to do. They moved the ball downfield. They scored. Um, he got in the field goal position. And they scored. It's not particularly his fault. He got sacked on third down. It seemed like they 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 were getting pressure all day, and just beating him up. But you know, I I thought he played well enough to win. And obviously, like. Say the defense gets a turnover in overtime, he he would win. So that was okay. Yes, but the play call on that last that last series was terrible. We just had two huge passes, and then Taylor decides to go with two runs. I'm hearing I'm hearing a lot of people complain about that on that various forms of social horrible media. Horrible decision. Um, I think here here's here's my thing on that though. Um, people say it was bad to run the ball like had those runs gone off for a touchdown nobody would have said it was a bad call it's only a bad call because of the result you know what i mean like i i have no things are always bad calls because of the result but this was a bad call i i think see i disagree with you i think like two running plays may be excessive i think one is fine absolutely fine um two Hey, maybe they, you know, you look in your game theory and you're like, okay, if they're expecting the pass, you hit them with a run play and maybe we get some cheap yards. Um, you know, I think in theory that's not a bad idea. The uh, the big problem was he was third and what, short ish? 
or what was it? What was it on that last third down before the field goal? Do you remember? I thought it was like third and eleven. So. It may have been third and eleven. Um, you know, if they convert that on the first down, I feel like I saw somewhere they broke out the play and they ran all twenty-two, so everybody's running deep. Uh, had they run like a different play call, uh, maybe they would have, you know, at least gotten the first down. But, you know, I feel like at the end of the day, I can't be too upset or angry with the offense because hey, Joe Burrow didn't turn the ball over once. 350, almost 350 yards, two touchdowns. Um, yeah, he we'll, played well. We'll talk about that later. But, um, but I kind of I agree with you. We talked about this during the game about the defense. I still think it's on that play call. I'm so not going to get over that. Taylor fucked up there. I think he, he, he missed he, it too. He, yeah, he, he said it was the wrong call. Okay. I don't know. Very easily, though, at the same time, what if, you know, he drops back to pass on either of those plays and he gets strip sacked or he, or he throws an interception, tip ball, something like that? Well, then that's poor execution, not poor play call. Okay. Well, at the same well, – that, that, I don't know. That kind of goes back to, like, well, if, you know, say there's an interception on tip ball, people say, oh, they should have ran the ball. You know, it's kind of – hindsight is always twenty twenty with that. Um, I don't think it's the same thing with this one. I don't think anybody would have been mad with the call if he had thrown thrown in an interception. I don't know. I think people would they'd have. be mad at Burrow, not the play call. That's true. I guess you just shift the blame to somebody else. Um, I, but I think at the same time, like at the end of the day, we can argue like, oh, it should have done. Should have ran the ball. I should have passed the ball. At the end of the day, he got him in position to score with the go ahead field goal. All they all the defense had to do was get the stop. And they were doing that for the most part all day. But um, I just felt like San Francisco, they got 10 points off the two fumble muff punts. So off, right, up, right off the bat, good field position there. So it's like, okay, you, they, kick, they do the kickoff, and they got to go the full you know, length of the field to score that touchdown to win the game. Um, the one time we couldn't get a stop. Fucking Lou Anarumo. You blame Lou. His play call is trash. Well, you don't, I don't like know. Blue. I don't know how you go through f- four quarters playing a dude and can't figure out how to cover him. Talking about George Kittle. Yeah, well, yeah, he blew us up. Well, what's funny is that I thought Samuel started really, really hot, and then I feel like they kind of took him away, and then George Kittle blew us up. I mean, he had, what, 13 catches? 151 for, yards. 151. That's a lot of yards to give up to a tight end. Um, and I think I – think uh, Zach Taylor even admitted that he had no answer. You would think, I don't know, like I'm not the head coach, and obviously they have like way better information than we do, and obviously they have like better, um, you know, um, read on what players should do what, but I feel like who the fuck do you put on him, you know, other than just, just straight up blanket double covering him? I think that's what they needed to do a lot earlier. And just kind of prevent them from getting – well, I'll tell you what. Uh, one play early in the overtime drive that got them like a huge bunch of yards was was a deep out route on the outside um, to the wide receiver, and he caught it. And I, was, I watched the play and replay, and I'm like, damn, man, that's like – that that is execution to its finest because the, 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 the throw was excellent, the catch was excellent, and that's not – it wasn't George Kittle they were throwing to, so it's like – it's like damn, they beat us there, and and then once that once after that happened, it was kittle, 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 and then end around on the touchdown or maybe double reverse, whatever it was. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think looking at it, if you take a step back, 
it's not bad. If you look at it in like a microcosm kind of like sequential events, it looks worse than it really is. But still, you know, not preferable. Yeah, well, that's. I just think we failed in execution, failed in play call, obviously failed in special teams. Um, I heard that they wanted to pull Phillips after the first fumble, but they had no one to put in. I don't believe that. I don't know how. Like, you had plenty of people. Because uh, I went to, like, the preseason practice that they had before the before the preseason, and they had a litany of players that were returning punts. They, I mean, I think a handful of them aren't on the team anymore. A lot of those kinds of people practice get cut squad. or put on practice squad. Right, yeah. but like they still, they still had Tyler Boyd out there returning punts, which he did at the, like the end of the game. Well, yeah, I don't think you want him out there if you can prevent it. I mean, well, so Trent Irwin, I saw at the beginning of the game, he was inactive. He was in street clothes because he yeah. was standing around. Uh, he's very, he's very easy to point out with his haircut, but. Um, yeah, they didn't put him in because he wasn't active, and I guess I guess the only alternative would have been Tyler Boyd. But I, I feel like they sh- they should have made that call earlier. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I agree. Well, Phillips. it doesn't matter now. That guy's on. They put him on IR, so he's on done for. IR. Shoulder injury. Well, no, he got hurt. He got hurt <laughs> on know. that second fumble. Someone plowed into him. You could. He was down. I remember watching the play happen. He was down, and some of the players were calling for medical staff. So I think it, I don't think it was like a, it's a punishment IR. I think it's a he's uh, legitimately hurt. Yeah, you, I don't think you can put someone on IR to punish them. I'm pretty sure you're going to be breaking some NFL rules there. <laughs> sure, but that's the thing. I did. I mean, <laughs> but when you look at it, it's like, you know, what are the chances of him coming back this season, anyways? Might as well keep him off since he fucked up these two punt returns, anyways. Like, I mean, it's like it's we'll like an indirect punishment, like you know, like oh, okay, like maybe he could come back later in the year, but uh, they they're gonna choose not to for the for, as punishment, you know, like maybe that's the whole punishment thing. You know, we could bring it back and you could play because this injury or expected timetable is X amount of weeks, but you could come back for week seventeen, but we're not gonna do that because. You know, you fucked up the whole game, which we talked about that being such a crucial game. Yeah, I mean, um, this was for first place in the division. That was that was for first place because Cleveland did a nice favor for us and beat them Ravens. So, you know, that would have been a nice chance. We we would have gone up to like fourth, third or fourth seed, and then with the loss, we're now ninth. So, that's a that's a huge flip in in playoff positioning. That it's basically like I don't know. I don't feel confident. They can get a wild card spot. They almost be better off going for the division with two divisional games left and a three and one record in the division. So, like in the event that there's, you know, uh, teams with the same record and there's a division, you know, who I think that I think the division's decided by who has the best divisional record. So no, it's decided by overall record. Right, but if there's a tie, oh yes, in the yes, overall yes, 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 it yeah. goes to divisional first. Right, yeah. so we already have a three one lead. Uh, if Lamar Jackson State doesn't play or is injured and is less mobile, uh, we would be better off to win that game and then kind of focus on Cleveland for Week 18. But that's a – well, no, we play – no, I mixed up my weeks. We got Broncos in two uh, – next week and then Ravens in two weeks. My bad. But, yeah, this is a terrible opportunity. I think I saw somewhere that Zach Taylor is now 0-24 in games where he is trailing in the third – at the end of the third quarter. Yep. Uh, so he's no he's no comeback master, um, which I, I guess it. You know, I I saw that and it made me appreciate Marvin Lewis just a little bit, because, uh, you know, 
cardiac cats. It's like it's like Carson Palmer, you know, comeback Carson had a couple games and Andy Dalton did that a lot and you know the fact that we did that numerous times over the last twenty years that he was coach versus that hasn't happened at all the last three. Yeah, and, and I don't think that's because of the quarterbacks we've had. No, I don't think it's I don't think it's a quarterback thing either. I think it's a uh coaching management kind of deal. Yeah, I mean I feel like Zach Taylor's team is, you know, built around that third quarter. Like that's usually where we do well. Yeah, coming out in the second half and doing well enough to not even bother with the fourth quarter. I mean, some games have been different. Obviously, we blew out the Steelers in the first half and uh I think the Vikings they played well in the third quarter, although they blew they blew that one in the fourth. Um uh Raiders was like that too. They came out. I think that was only like 10-6 at halftime. Yeah, I mean, we're we're a rough fourth quarter team. Even even when we do have the lead, it's still pretty rough. Um I I feel like defense just becomes super weak on the play call. Well, I think they play a lot of this is kind of the, like the been the crux of, of like our Bengals teams going back like 20 years as uh, is like a soft um prevent cover 2. It's like don't let anything over over the top, but then you give up, you know, 15 here, 15 there, 15 there. All of a sudden, you know, they're already down the field. Because uh, you give up everything underneath when when you should be mixing it up and you know let's not play all prevent let's play you know some some blitz packages some main coverage versus like oh let's just yeah. fucking everybody's back on you know twenty back twenty yards that's infuriating yeah I don't like that style of defense it's basically like you you just we'll give you you know it's basically a free ten yards and then after that you know we're not going to give you the fifty yard touchdown but you're going to get 10, 15 every play. That shit's fr- infuriating. I dropped my phone. <laughs> Let me get that real quick. Oh, yeah. Right, we just uh, – it, it's frustrating to see that, you know, that it it's happened consistently and nothing has changed. Yeah, and, and it's who's to blame, you know. Like, it's not, you can't really blame Marvin anymore. Um, like – I'd say the only defensive coordinator I'll say that didn't do that or that doesn't qualify for that is Mike Zimmer. Um, Because I think some of his offensive strategy was the whole, like, bend, don't break. Oh, Um, yeah. That was a – So I think it was designed in his his defense. I wouldn't say it's, you know, a flaw of his. He just – he kind of perfected that idea. And they would run blitzes. Yeah, yeah, they would when, still be aggressive. Yeah, they would still be aggressive, and that's why I think people like him so much. Is he was aggressive when he needed to be? It really is a shame that he's gone. I mean, we barely call any blitz packages now. We're, um, yeah, we're really not blitz heavy. I, I, what, okay, what really bothers me about our defense, and this has kind of been this way since Mike Zimmer left, is the fact that they think that their um, defensive line is so good like they're the years when they are good they think that they're so good that they don't need to blitz like that's not true you occasionally need to blitz uh but you don't need to like you know feel a pressure or need to blitz constantly it's like okay you you send an extra guy here and there and it's going to be that's going to be helpful it's not going to hurt yeah it helps to confuse them so they don't know you know what's coming that was the biggest thing about mike zimmers i've talked about this numerous times where they would throw everybody up on the line of scrimmage, deep safety with Reggie Nelson, and then you kind of didn't know who was coming. Um, yeah, and they would come from different, you know, that some yeah. people would drop back and it would be confusing. Yeah, like even the the Bearcats football team did that uh, numerous times in the games that I've watched where um, you, you they would, you know, 
it would look like press man coverage and all of a sudden the corners, you know, blitzing from the far side and uh, they did such a good job on uh, coverage that the corners were able to get sacks from the far side. It's not like, you know, sometimes you see uh, the slot corner will at the last second run towards the line of scrimmage. No, I'm talking like the the far side corner like outside will, corners will basically start running at the snap and still get a sack. Like obviously that in the NFL, that's probably not going to happen. The game's much faster than that. Yeah. But something like that where it's, it's unexpected is really helpful. And I, and I wish they would do more of that. Like just, just one extra guy. I'm not asking for like blitz packages where they're sending six, seven, eight people. Just, just, just every once in a while you, you blitz a linebacker when they don't need to. We're not expecting it, rather. Yeah, I think that's, you know, that's, that's, in my opinion, the biggest problem with playing a heavy zone defense is you give up a lot of those blitz packages because you don't have anybody that can play man. Yeah, that's part of the trade-off is that you give up zone uh, and you have to play man to do blitzes. I mean, there are zone blitz packages, but um, I don't think there's a successful or – I don't know. I've seen that more in, like, the ends – there, the, the red zone um, where they'll play – Zone blitzes. Oh, they, I just wish they would blitz more. I agree. I'm very disappointed okay, in that Speaking of getting pressure on the quarterback, I know Hendrickson went out with this uh, back. I yeah, heard it back. was back spasm, so I, I I don't know. In Madden, that's questionable every week. <laughs> yeah, like like that matters. Um, okay, so he's optimistic about playing – or Bengals optimistic, Trey Hendrickson playing Sunday. Okay. Um, in the event that he doesn't play, um, what – how confident do you feel in, in the rest of the line? Because obviously he's got most of our sacks and is doing really well on the pressure. But It'll be interesting to see um, because this unit hasn't really played together because even last year it was different, right, because Reader was out. Reader missed. I think for, yeah, I think Reader played the first six games and missed the rest. I think Hubbard played all year, but, you know, yeah, he's the only constant. Yeah, we haven't seen these guys play together without Hendrickson, so it's going to yeah. be interesting to see. I think – I feel like Hubbard's playing so much better with Hendrickson. Like, like he, yeah. kind of like what you alluded to when we talked about um, Carl Lawson, how he creates sacks for other people. I feel like Hendrickson has really like done that for, you know, um, the other players on the D line. Yeah, I think they're they're really feeding off of each other. Like that, it's like the perfect, uh, like the perfect uh, line. I don't know. How, yeah, can... I don't know how to explain it. It's it's like almost perfect. I mean, I think from a pure athleticism standpoint, Lawson probably, I mean, he's coming off major injury, but he's probably the better athlete. But at the end of the day, we're getting better. We're getting much better results. Um, Yeah. And I mean, personally, I think that has a lot to do with um, uh, DJ reader being healthy. He's, he's such a disruptor back there. Yeah. And then obviously um, Ogan Joby, huge sign yeah, that oh dude, my God. him and bj so hill good. are both really playing well yeah the, those two i think they're both on one-year deals i think i hope they bring both of them back because they but they're both playing really well i think that's part of the reason why our our pass rush has been better because we're, we're now we're getting pressure again on the inside which we haven't really seen in like a handful of years yeah since gino, gino had been gino healthy prime yeah healthy and in his prime yeah um, i mean these two have five and a half sacks together that's insane for for d lineman that's that's for, pretty good yeah for a tackle it's not or yeah d tackle sorry um yeah d tackles are typical run stoppers and they're not pressure people but they have been playing really well i think that's part of the reason why our run defense has improved so much from last year yeah i agree 
I don't know. It's like the overall defense is playing a lot better than it has last year. This is still they're seven and six right now. It's it's definitely not like a loss. Like if we don't make the playoffs, I don't think we should get mad. Because okay, think I'm of still the, gonna be mad. You're still gonna be mad, but I, I'm 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 thinking I won't be. Uh, I'll let's see. Okay, well you quote me on that. I will. Okay, so I'm kind of looking at this. Okay, look at the Arizona Cardinals. So 2019, they brought in the new coach Kingsbury. They brought in a new quarterback, um, Kyler Murray. The first year they were awful. Uh, they didn't. They had a bad record. I want to say. Five wins, maybe four or five wins. I forget exactly how many. They didn't do it too well. Next year, that offseason, they go and get DeAndre Hopkins for basically free. And they pair him with Murray. And that has, that's been a good connection for them, too. They played really well together. Um, and then now they're third in the NFC competing with the Buccaneers and the uh, Packers. So I would say now season's not over. I would say their rebuild – went pretty well. So they they kind of did it, you know, in, in, a, in an interesting way. And we're kind of following that. First year, um, Burrow comes in. They don't do too well. Next year, they get a they get a good wide receiver to pair with uh, Burrow and Chase. And, and now they've been uh, successful together. They're doing a lot better. And that Cardinals team I mentioned after they got DeAndre Hopkins, their offense was a lot better, but they still finished like 8-8. Eight and eight. Mm. So next year – that's the year that you expect the big jump. So I think if they miss the playoffs this year, I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, I well, think it's just, the you know, it's like, okay, we're, we're moving in the right direction. We went from two wins to four wins, so now we're at seven. However many we end, it's it's still improvement. Well, you need an owner that will support that, that rebuild. Um, I mean, if you look at Arizona, every year they kept, you know, having big signings to improve their team. So I think that's what we're gonna have to continue to do. Oh yeah, and I think they're they're probably gonna do that. And I think we mentioned this before. There's a quote from, I think it was DJ Reader, and he asked his agent, well, "Who do you, you got offers from us and the Broncos?" And they said, "You know, who, who would you rather play for, Joe Burrow or Drew Luck?" And I think maybe that having that Burrow factor will bring people in because people like this dude and people want to play with him. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping, and I don't think we have too many holes outside of like the O line and the O-line, linebackers. I think cornerback too. They're I don't think they're gonna. I, I would assume they're probably gonna cut Trey Wayne's after playing two games and two. He years. might be back this this week. Who knows? I know he was he was practicing, so that's a good sign. Yeah. But still, I don't know. That I'm um, fingers crossed they get Sauce Gardner in that draft. But Mike Brown would rather like shoot himself in the face than like <laughs> draft player from UC. It's so weird. I know. There's nobody gets drafted from UC. It's like we have so many good. They'll they'll get like the the undrafted yeah. players, but they won't get the actual good players. So. The rejected ones. Yeah, it's like oh, just skip on Travis Kelsey. You know, <laughs> we could have used another tight end in that draft, but whatever. Um, I want to talk about Jamar Chase. Can we talk about Jamar Chase. Yeah, let's let's talk about Jamar okay, Chase. Okay, so I'm watching the game. This is my point of view. It's it's the fourth down. They're down twenty to six. Um, and, and, and Burrow, he's, he's getting pressure in the pocket. He rolls out and he throws it. And I'm sitting there watching that play. like, what is he doing? And then all of a sudden, back of the camera moves, back of the end zone, Jamar Chase is tiptoeing, and he catches it. I'm like, that that is unbelievable. That was an unbelievable, like, feat of footwork for him to do that. Did you see um, T. Higgins' reaction? 
to that play. It's I did a, not. I missed oh that. Oh my god, it's so funny. So he goes, uh, um, he was explaining, uh, what would you think during that play? And he goes, oh, who the fuck was he throwing to? <laughs> <laughs> so I think that was a, that's a funny moment. But that was that was a really incredible play, um, from a, from a standpoint of making something work out of nothing because, you know, they that play was basically dead. Right there, you know, fourth down, you have to convert. They had seemingly everything covered, and just their fucking connection and, and understanding where to go with each other because they've been doing this for, you know, four years. It's like you're, you're coming in and watching them do this. Yes. Like, it's like, like look at that footwork. That's, That's like Chad Johnson level footwork. That is, that is. It's just like right there. He was, you know, it was the perfect throw for what that needed to be and the perfect catch. And yeah, he didn't drop it. Which I know we, right we along the edge, and that's Literally, tough to do. You, he's right not looking like down. The, you know? Yeah, like the footwork and the awareness. It was just like an incredible, like it's an incredible play to do that. I, I you know, I think part of this goes, you know, shows how good Joe Burrow is because we know, you know, Chase has actually struggled this year. Like, um, he's missed messed up some routes. He's you know, had a lot of drops. But he's still playing incredibly well, and I think that's you know partly due because his connection with Burrow and Burrow is just like a quarterback that makes everybody play better. Yeah, and he's like, okay, I know where you're gonna go um, on this route because we've been doing this since 2018. Like, it's basically like, like for an example, like Chad Johnson and Carson Palmer in like like 2006. At that point, they've been throwing to each other for four years, and they know all the stuff and. Um, and by that point, they were like he let an example year. I used that Chad Johnson led the AFC in in receiving yards. So yeah, it's 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 almost unfair. It's like it's like it's like a training camp or a, not training camp like um like for like a baseball analogy like you know a triple A team or a or a, like the G League like you know even you know two players almost like rise up you know from the ranks of. I don't know. Lower level sports up to, you know, professional level, and they're still playing as well. In their yeah. and they're relatively young. I mean, Joe Burrow's. I think he just turned twenty five. Chase is probably twenty one years old. It's a wild thought. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I think just watching them play together, it has re, you know, affirmed my my confidence in these picks that we've had. I think Jamar Chase was the correct pick, and Burrow oh, was obviously now. the correct pick. Yeah, I never thought that that Burrow wasn't a right pick. Um, my only thought was like, what if they had like gone and they picked Chase Young and they they stuck with another year of Andy and AJ? Who knows what would have happened? But I think if you're looking long term, if you're looking, um, you know, Super Bowl, this is probably for a various amount of reasons probably the the best thing they could have done. I I personally I really like Joe Burrow. I, I think I love he's, Joe Burrow the best quarterback that's been drafted, you know, since he's been drafted. Um, it's not saying much. There's only been like two classes. Yeah, but so there's a lot of quarterbacks lot that of quarterbacks have gone. Um, I, I like him over Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert has looked better. Um, but I like At, there's the mentality that, yeah. that Burrow has. I like his aggressiveness. Yeah, and who knows if, if Herbert and Zach Taylor would have gone long and been as productive. Like, like I said, I think the Chargers had a much better, like, situation than the Bengals did with Burrow coming in but I, I don't know I feel like this just it, it works really well and it's very optimistic for 
2022 and on with whatever happens this year. Yeah. I mean, you see how well, I mean, both of them are playing well, so it's not like, you know, we're trying to shit on anybody. Oh, um, yeah. But, you you know, they're both playing well, but you look at, you know, last year's number one draft pick, Lawrence, is struggling mightily. All of them quarterbacks, I think, except for Mac Jones, are playing terrible. You Which, think? you know, everyone was saying, you know, Trevor Lawrence was the most NFL-ready QB ever, you know, drafted. I mean, he may and be like skill set wise is good, but he's in a rough he's in a rough situation. Horrible everybody's, team. Everybody's <laughs> ripping on the Jaguars and all the shit. And all right, let's look let's look forward in our season. How are you feeling now? Um, I don't think the Broncos are too good, but uh, the <laughs> I didn't why, think 49ers were too good. Well, I besides I mean, their defense, they barely won. Um. I, I felt better about San Francisco because we we're playing at home. It's hard to play at Denver in, you know, early De- or mid December. So that's where I thought this game was going to be harder than that one. I think quality team wise, we're probably better than the Broncos, but like their quarterback situation is wild. Teddy Bridgewater's been up and down. Um, it, it's hard for me to say, uh, you know, without a shadow of a doubt. If we're going to win, I think we can win. Yeah, nothing really scares me too much about the Broncos. Like, yeah. I knew, um, what's that guy's name? Bosa was going to destroy us. And he did. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's anybody on the Broncos that I'm, like, really afraid of. Not on. Let yeah. me see. Not on, I, well, they trade away Von Miller. Yeah, they don't have, like, a, a two star running back. Their quarterbacks aren't too great. Their wide receivers, I think, are fast, but. Other than that, yeah, it's not like, oh, man, are you, I'm so scared to play them this year, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, their sack leader, five and a half sacks. Yeah, so they, uh, their defense doesn't scare me too much. Yeah, uh, I would agree. Uh, I think looking oh, forward, Pat, though, They do have Pat Sertain, though. He's, he is pretty good. He's, he's great. I would say looking forward, though, um, it kind of depends if, like, Lamar Jackson's going to play. When the uh, Ravens, when the Ravens come into town, thank you. I completely blank. I, <laughs> I, I, I imagine their logo. I couldn't think of their name. Uh, Edgar Allan Poe. That's why they did. Okay, whatever. Um, like, okay, if Lamar Jackson's not going to play, they're definitely more beatable. I don't think their their back quarterback is particularly good. But Huntley, right? Uh, they have a couple. There's a Tyler Huntley is the one I think that. That came in for Is him. Is he number two? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He – yeah, that's who – okay. That guy. Yeah. Um, serviceable backup, but can he beat us at home? Probably not. If Lamar Jackson plays, probably. I mean, yeah. Or, I, or I guess it's I guess it's more likely Lamar Jackson can win. I mean, we busted – they we busted their ass, like, yeah, at, I think at their home. That's what's – you know, it kind of been surprising about the Ravens. They've been losing games they shouldn't be losing. Yeah, they lost to the Dolphins. They probably shouldn't have lost to us as, as bad shouldn't as they did. Shouldn't have lost to Cleveland. Well, this one I, I understand. Well, yeah, but still, I mean, a lot of their talent is on defense too. Yeah, they're very talented on. They always they're always talented on defense. Um, so yeah, I'm. And they have a crazy amount of starters or injuries on their team. They do. They're very injured. So I think that bodes well for us beating them again. <laughs> yeah. If especially like you said, if Jackson's out, um, the Chiefs are gonna suck to play. 
I they they came on at the right time, and I should have known that they were going to bounce back. I'm pretty sure I said Patrick Mahomes was still my favorite quarterback in the league. Um, so Tell Joe Burrow, you said that. Oh, well, not my favorite, but the best quarterback okay. in the league. Probably no. I I don't know why people wrote them off so quick. I knew they were going to dip, but they definitely weren't going to just crap out. I didn't think they were going to dip that hard. But then, you know, they came on and they haven't lost since. And then the Bill, like the Bills, everyone thought the Bills were going to be the best team and they've struggled. And everybody thought we were going to be the best team and we struggled the last you know, two games. It's, it's just been it's a, a crazy season. And it's a weird year. I don't know. I think if Taylor can, like, really get them motivated to play, I think the Chiefs could be beat because it is at home. But then, I don't know. That 17th it's game is going to be weird. It's going to be a tough one. The Chiefs are playing so well right now. <laughs> Nick, do you have anything else that you want to cover for today? Uh, I don't think so. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. Um, If you enjoyed us, please subscribe. Um, See you next week.